Good morning, dear brothers and sisters. Happy Lord's Day. What a beautiful song that Taylor shared. Oh, I love that song. When God has another plan. We didn't know what was going to happen in 2020, but God did before the foundations of the world. He knows everything. He has a plan for the universe. He has a plan for this world. He has a plan for our individual lives. And we're so thankful that the Lord is working in our lives. If we were to choose what we wanted to happen, it would be different. But in God's perfect planning and choosing and timing, it's always the best for us. And he knows what he's doing in each and every one of our lives. Before we open in prayer this morning, I'd like to have a couple of announcements. Next Sunday, our dear brother Brad Dahl will be our speaker, and Gloria will be favoring us with a piano solo. On the 24th, our dear brother Adel will bring the message from the Word, and Ginny will sing the solo. And then we'll have the last Sunday, and the worship team will be giving the music on the 31st. So we look forward to that. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sometimes have another plan. Lord, it may go against our own thinking or our own plans or desires or wishes, but we thank you that you love us so much and you have a perfect will for us and a perfect plan. And just pray, Father, that you will direct this message today by the Holy Spirit Lord, please hide me behind the cross. Pray that the word will be a blessing to every heart, to everyone who's listening today. And Lord, if there's anyone out there in the audience, listening in, tuning in, who's not saved, that they will get saved today and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we pray for each one of the saints, Lord. Please build them up. Please encourage them in your word. Please help them to grow. Please help them to cling to you and hold on to you in these days. And Lord, we just commit this time to you and pray that the Spirit of God will lead us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, there's an expression in the world that I like very much, and it's very apropos for the new year. And you find this expression in many realms of life, whether it be business or politics or sports or whatever it might be. And the expression is this, hit the ground running. Even Vice, well, Vice President Biden, President-elect Biden, uh, even mentioned that when he was talking on day one, I want to do this, I want to hit the ground running. And for all of us, when we start a new year, it's fresh, it's new, and we want to hit the ground running. And that expression really means to have a certain readiness, a certain preparation, a certain determination and commitment and dedication to the Lord. We want to hit the ground running. Now today is January 10th, so we're 10 days into the new year, but it's not too late to start, to start afresh, to rededicate our lives to Christ and to allow him to lead us into this new year in victory, in encouragement, and strength. The title of our message today is Pressing On for Jesus. Pressing On for Jesus. And our text this, this morning is Philippians chapter 3, 
verses 13 and 14, reading from the New King James Version. Here Paul, writing to the Philippians, says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. We're going to look at three things. They all begin with the letter L, so hopefully it'll help us to remember the points. Number one is letting go of the past, and that's in verse 13a. Secondly, looking straight ahead in verses 13b. And then third, longing for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Longing for the prize of our heavenly calling. Richard DeHaan, who wrote for many years for the Daily Bread, once said, Some people have trouble looking ahead with hope because they keep looking back and moping over the mistakes of the past. The outlook of the future is dimmed and their enthusiasm is dampened. But there is no use crying over spilled milk. Nothing is gained by grieving over the past. I've never seen a year like 2020, and I'm sure you never have either, with this global pandemic, this coronavirus known as COVID-19. It's been an amazing year, and though we'd like to forget it, I don't think any of us that are living right now will ever forget 2020. It's an unforgettable year. But we're thankful that we're moving on into a new year. There is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. But the health experts continue to tell us that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But we're thankful that we can still see that light at the end of the tunnel. But we're still in the dark tunnel. And we're thankful that the Lord knows and he's going to be with us as he has in the past. Someone once said, instead of living in the shadows of yesterday, walk in the light of today and the hope of tomorrow. So let's look at our first point this morning, which is letting go of the past. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard for me to let go of the past. Now, many things happen in the past which are good. Some are good. Some are bad. And like in the uh, Clint Eastwood, ugly. Some things are ugly. So there's the good, there's the bad, and the ugly. We like the good. We like to remember those things. But the bad or the ugly, no, we don't like those things. And the Lord wants us to let go of all of the past and walk on in victory in the future. So we have to let go. Paul says, forgetting the things which are behind. I like what it says in Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. Jesus said to him, no one after having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus was talking about discipleship here and people that wanted to 
do things before they followed the Lord. I've got to bury my father or I've got to do this. I want to go back and say goodbye to those at home and so forth. But he says, you cannot put your hand to the plow and look back because if you do, you won't be fit for the kingdom of God. We need to be forward thinking. We need to be forward leaning and learning and growing. We need to go on in success and victory with the Lord. One man said to his friend, say, you look depressed. What are you thinking about? My future was the quick answer. Well, what makes it look so hopeless? And the man replied, my past. So many people can't get past the past. Maybe some experience happened to you in your childhood and you can't get beyond it. Or in your teenage years or in your young adult years. Someone hurt you. Something bad happened to you. You can't get beyond it. The Lord can give you the victory over those things of the past. Whether it be 2020 or even further back, we need to let go of the past. The past is like carrying around heavy baggage. It weighs us down. It burdens us and takes our attention off of what we need to be doing in the present and in the future. So often we carry over our defeats. We carry over our failures. We carry over our losses. We carry over our sorrows. And they only weigh us down. The key thing about the past is you cannot change it. No one can go back and rewind the tape and do it over again. We'd like to sometimes. We'd like to go back to 2020 before this pandemic and just wipe out, erase all that pandemic and change all the circumstances. But that's not how it works in life. And that's not how it is with the Lord's will in our lives either. And we even have to leave behind our successes and our victories and the good things too, because we have to go on with the Lord. We cannot be satisfied with where we're at spiritually. We need to grow. We need to serve him more and please him more and love him more. We need to go beyond the past and into the present and in the future as we are going. Let us remember Lot's wife. In Genesis 19, verse 26, it says, But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. We're all familiar with the story about how the angel had to come and take Lot and his wife by the hand and their two daughters and to get them out of Sodom before the judgment of God came down upon them. And so they did. But the wife looked back. She couldn't leave the past. She couldn't leave Sodom. She didn't want to leave Sodom. She wanted to stay there. And it was tragic. She became a pillar of salt. Some people think about the past days as the good old days. When things were better, where life was simpler, where there weren't all these terrible things that were happening. But so many times we think our lives were better really in those days, and they really were. I wouldn't want to go back to the past, and neither should you. I know that 
the 20-year-old wishes he had the wisdom and experience of the 60-year-old. And the 60-year-old wishes he had the vigor and the strength of the 20-year-old. We always want to be something else. We want to have something besides what we have, what God has given us, and we shouldn't be that way. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Do not say, Why were the former days better than these? For you were, do not inquire wisely concerning this. We had good experiences in the past. There's no question, but we had bad ones too. And we need to move on. We need to move on to the future. We can't cry over the spilled milk, as it were, in our lives. And a great example of this is Joseph in the Old Testament. Wonderful how I never spoke to Taylor about what she was going to be singing on, and I didn't tell her what I was going to be speaking on, but I told her uh, when we did the recording here that... uh, that this really goes with the, the message and that Joseph is in the message too. You know, he didn't look backwards. He never looked backwards. He looked forwards. And even when he was sold into slavery into Egypt, he didn't look back and say, oh, woe is me. I can't be with my family anymore. I've been sold into slavery. I have no hope here. I'm in a foreign land. They speak a different language, have a different culture, and different gods. No, he didn't look backwards. And he didn't look backwards in the house of Potiphar either. When he was so successful and doing so well in Potiphar's house, and then, of course, Potiphar's wife came on to him, and and so we know the story, and she falsely accused him, and he got put into prison. He didn't look back. He never sought revenge for that against Potiphar's wife for her lies and her evilness and sinfulness. He didn't do it. And then when he was put into prison and he revealed the dreams of the chief butler and the chief cupbearer, the chief cupbearer promised to remember him to Pharaoh when he got out. And sure enough, he forgot Joseph. And it says for like two years... He, Joseph languished in that prison, but he didn't look back. He didn't have that way of, about him at all. He trusted God and went forward. You know, Peter did not look back when he denied the Lord three times. The Lord forgave him and sent him on the mission, and he went and preached the greatest gospel message ever in, on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 souls were saved. It's amazing. We're thankful for that. Yes, 2020 was a difficult year, hard to forget, but we leave it behind. Our dear brother who is with the Lord now, J. Vernon McGee, once wrote, Paul is leaving the past behind with all his mistakes, not letting it handicap him for the future. In the present is the anticipation of the future when he will grow and develop. Someone has well said that today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. I love that. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. A lady named Louisa Tarkington wrote in her book, Putting Your Past Behind You, wrote this, I wish there was some wonderful place called the land 
of beginning again. Where all our past mistakes and heartaches and all our poor selfish grief could be dropped off like a shabby old coat at the door and never be put on again. May God help us to put the past behind us, to let go of it and move forward in this new year, 2021. Secondly, looking straight ahead. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. We don't know what will be ahead of us this year. There could be even more trying circumstances. There could be even more challenging than we had last year. But what he wants us to do is he wants us to look forward to him. We must go forward in victory. We must go forward trusting the Lord. The best thing a runner can do is to always look straight ahead with his eyes on the prize. And that's the way to be successful when you're a runner. There's so many things I learned from my great track coach in high school, Hale Roach. Uh, he taught us so many things and I never forget. And I always remember them to this present day. And one of them is keep looking ahead. Don't look back. Never look back. You can lose the race if you look back. You want to look forward. You want to keep your eyes on the finish line. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. We need to keep our eyes on him and he will direct us in the path that he wants us to take this year. Proverbs 4:25 to 27 was written by one of the wisest men, well the wisest man of all, King Solomon. And he wrote these beautiful words in Proverbs 4:25 to 27. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. There's some important principles in these verses. Number one, look ahead. Look straight ahead. Keep your eyes on Christ and look straight ahead, right before you. Because when we do that, we can see the obstacles that we have to overcome. We can see what God wants us to do, and we have to keep our eyes straight ahead. We also need to ponder the path of our feet. That leads to a victorious life. We need to be careful. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. The word circumspectly really means accurately, cautiously, warily, or vigilantly. We need to be on our guard as we are walking, as we are running for Christ. And our ways will be established. And he tells us here in this passage also, don't turn to the left or to the right. This expression is found throughout Scripture. And it means don't let things on the left side distract you. 
Don't let things on the right side distract you. Don't put your eyes on others or what they're saying or doing. Or Keep your eyes straight on with the Lord. Look to Him. Trust in Him. And He will be with us. When I used to run, I used to always try to make sure I had a good stride and I would move my arms like this. And that's how you're supposed to do it when you run. And then as you get to the finish line, you pump your arms faster. Your legs go faster. You put on a finishing kick to the finish line. Well, I haven't been able to do my running. I'm not running anymore, but I do walk just about every single day. And I really enjoy it. And I, I don't walk holding on to the treadmill. I, I have those places you can hold on to, but I don't do it. I swing my arms the same way as I used to when I ran, and I can get my speed going pretty well, and it's really, really good. But what I have to be careful of is because I'm not holding on, I have to make sure I'm right in the middle of the treadmill belt so I don't go off to the left or off to the right where I might stumble onto the side there. And so it's very important to go straight ahead. For those who love horses, you might like this analogy. Horse blinders are firm leather squares or plastic cups that attach to a horse's bridle or hood and prevent a horse from seeing behind and beside him. Horses that pull wagons and carriages wear blinkers to prevent them from becoming distracted or panicked by what they see behind the wagon. Such a great analogy. I think we as Christians need spiritual blinders and spiritual blinkers so that we don't get distracted by the things on the right or on the left, but we keep going straight for the Lord and keep our eyes on Him. He wants us to live undistractedly for the Savior. And we must follow Christ. He's the one guiding us. He's our coach, and we are going to run all the way to the finish line. And third, our final point this morning is longing for the prize of the heavenly calling. Paul says in verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus is coming soon. And on Wednesday when I was Having lunch, I, I it was Tuesday, actually, because they had the election on Tuesday, I believe, right? So it was on Wednesday. I got up and I had the news channel on, Fox News, from the night before because I was following the election results in Georgia. The two senatorial races had the runoffs, and I was wanting to tune in for that. And what I couldn't believe is what the people were doing to break into the Senate and the House chambers and into the offices and the violence. And the, it was just something out of a third world country. I couldn't believe this was happening to our nation. And I was thinking to myself, Lord, you're coming soon. You're coming soon. Sooner than we think to take us home to glory. This world is so evil, so sinful, and so wicked. And we need to be with Jesus in heaven. That's the best place to be. 
Paul kept his eyes on the prize, and we need to keep our eyes on the prize as well. H.A. Ironside, who's one of my favorite writers, he writes in such a beautiful, simple, but deep way, said this, The prize is the reward conferred by his own hand at the end of the race. And toward this, Paul was pressing on, counting as dross and refuse all that would hinder his progress. We get weary. We get tired. We feel like sometimes quitting and giving up, it's so difficult. But Paul endured all the way to the end of his life. He kept pressing on. And that's the goal for all of us as Christians to follow his example and press on. Even when we are weak and tired and things are going against us, we need to keep pressing on. In 2 Timothy 2, 4, 7, and 8, Paul wrote, Near the end of the letter to Tim, second letter to Timothy, he says, 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Oh, what a triumph that he had been faithful to the Lord all the way. He knew he was going to die soon. And that's why he said those three things. And then he says, Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. The crown of righteousness is for every believer who looks forward to the coming of the Lord. And those of us I know in our church, we look forward to his coming. We're not worried. We're trusting in the Lord in his coming we need to finish the race strong and be successful for him. One of my favorite portions is 1 Corinthians chapter 9 where it talks about running the race for the Lord. And it says in verses 24 and 25, Do you not know that those who run in a, in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. In the days that Paul lived in, where they had the Olympic Games, they gave them wreaths, and the wreaths didn't last. And so the winner would get the crown, they'd wear it for a while, and then it all disintegrated to nothing. Nowadays we have better awards than that. We have gold medals, silver medals, and bronze medals, and they last. They last, but they're still perishable. But we're going for an imperishable crown. And when the Lord crowns us in glory, it will be an imperishable crown. It will be such a blessing. But we can't give up. We can't quit. We have to keep pressing on despite the obstacles Despite the pain, despite the sorrows, despite the difficulties, we need to put them behind us and move forward in the Lord. The songwriter wrote a beautiful song, and we've sang it in the choir before, and it's so wonderful. We sang it more than once. And maybe we'll sing it again when we get back to church and the choir gets together because it's such a great song. And here's what the, the uh, writer says. When the valley is deep, when the mountain is steep, 
When the body is weary, when we stumble and fall, when the choices are hard, when we've spent our resources, when we've given our all, in Jesus' name, we press on. In Jesus' name, we press on. Dear Lord, with the prize clear before our eyes, we find the strength to press on. Where do we find the strength to press on? It's not found in this world. It's found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the strength to press on. Through the pandemic, through the violence, through the chaos, through the evil and wickedness of this world, he gives us strength to press on. So let's remember today to let go of the past. Our, our past failures and mistakes and sins and difficulties and sorrows and problems and all that, we put them behind us and we reach forth to that which is before us. We focus on Christ and what he's doing in our lives. We don't look to the left. We don't look to the right. We, we go straight ahead, trusting in him. We long for the prize. We long for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, there will be rewards and they will be given to us at the judgment seat of Christ. And what a glorious day that will be when every one of us who receives rewards will take our crowns and will lay them down at the Savior's feet and will say, thank you, Jesus. I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you, Jesus. You gave me the strength to serve you. Thank you, Jesus, you were with me in all those times and you helped me to press on all the way to the finish line. May the Lord encourage our hearts this morning. Let's finish the race strong. Let's keep pressing on. Paul said in this passage as we read in, in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or I don't, I haven't made it yet. I haven't, I haven't arrived spiritually. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, that is a worthy life to live. Pressing toward the goal. Pressing toward it. Running toward it with our Lord, keeping our eyes on him. Someone once said, I love to think that God appoints my portion day by day. Events of life are in his hand, and I would only say, appoint them in thine own good time and in thine own good way. May God encourage us through his word this morning. Keep pressing on. Shall we just close in prayer? Our blessed heavenly Father, we're challenged by your word. We're encouraged by your word. We're comforted by your word. We're in a new year now, Lord. We, we still don't know what lies ahead. And so we have to keep looking towards you and looking ahead and, and being victorious in you. And we know you're going to see us through, Lord, until that day you call us home. Yes, what a day of rejoicing that will be when all true believers are before the throne of God and we're worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We just thank you, Lord, and pray you'll continue to grow us and guide us 
and guard us every day and help us to be victorious and to keep pressing on. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.